Hey there. Hey, howdy, hey. It worked. Yeah, it works. We're here. We're all together. It, it all looks okay. I think I'm going to not is... touch my microphone the whole time. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I don't know if it was your fault. I still don't think it was your fault, but no, you can I not don't touch think your so. microphone. Well, I'm I'm always compelled to take the blame, so I'm going to absorb the blame, and it's okay. very gracious of you guys to It's your fault. not blame me. Yeah. Yeah. Just sit completely still for the rest of the podcast. Yeah. Nah. It won't affect you at all. Nah. I got This move. podcast being uh, Squiring Minds episode 26 for October 5th, 2023. Uh 10 Three lawyer friends goofing around for your own enjoyment. Nothing we yeah. say should be taken as legal advice. I'm one of those. I'm Andrew Leahy, tax and technology attorney from New Jersey. Mm-hmm. I'm joined as always by one of these two. Wow. Oh, generic. <laughs> you're not going to give us guidance? He always, okay. he always, no, no, no. He always puts you first. I'm going next. I'm Jason Ramsland. Okay. I'm an go. employment uh, litigator. I work mainly in Indiana, occasionally in Georgia, Florida, uh, but really only kind of tangentially. Uh, and, uh, you can find me at sueyourbadboss.com, suemybadboss.com, uh, and you know, antiworklawyer.com. I still own that one. (laughs) That's a good one. Amazing. Yeah. Anti-work was having a moment, uh, two years ago, three years ago, something like that. And, uh, I thought, oh, this would be pretty cool. And I don't think it's ever resulted in anything for me, but I sit there camping on it for 18 bucks a year. It's worth it. In order to have a, I was going to say, in order to have an employment discrimination case, you have to have a job first, but that's not true. You can have a job application case. That's right. And never get the job. So That's right. Yeah, still consistent. Do you have a succession plan? Sorry, one second. I have a really important question for Jason. Do you have a succession plan for your domains? Like, you know, you're supposed to kind of have that planned out for your clients and stuff. Do you have it for your domains so that Sue My Bad Boss will transition on to some, (laughs) you know, much younger attorney? Well, I I have them all on auto renew, <laughs> and uh, my succession plan is my iCloud password management system has my hover login on there, and okay. so uh, when oh. I kick when I kick the can, maybe Hannah will see a bill that has a bunch of uh, hey you paid iCan eighteen dollars for this thing or hover or whatever. <laughs> the money doesn't go directly to iCan I don't think, but uh, and then she'll say oh how do I stop paying for this thing that I don't care about. <laughs> <laughs> speaking of kids speaking much of things attorneys, i don't care about uh i'm no, i'm kidding jake i care schumer. about kids. I, i'm jake schumer uh a florida construction and land use attorney um and i had the absolute this is one of the most fun things it's so basic mm. but uh it was such a blast this morning i got to go to my old pd's office i used to be a public defender uh ninth circuit here uh, and talk to the new crop of attorneys. Like every year they hire 25 or so new attorneys and put them through training wow. for a week. Um, and I'm, I mean, this is, they need, they've hired more than 25 a year pretty regularly. Um, and I got to just talk to them about like the being a lawyer and, uh, and being part of our association and also see my old friends and, uh, who are still there, which is very few of the people that I started with 10, nine years ago. Uh, but man, it's cool to see young, you know, uh, young lawyers at the very start of their career, just having passed the bar and yeah. still, you know, full of hope and, you, you know, energy <laughs> to go out and defeat the world. And also fear, love seeing the fear in their eyes, um, <laughs> yeah. you know, that they don't know what they're doing. The little do they know, you can go 30 years not knowing what you're doing and still make money. So, um, mm. yeah, it was really it was really fun. They're not yet cold and dead on the inside from years of soul sucking work. 
No, they're if they're cold and dead, it's for other reasons. I, law school, law school can make them cold and dead too. I yeah. see sort of a, a, a kind of a generalized. I've been on. Uh, I'm teaching an undergraduate class right now, so I've been on campus of a law school while yeah, not Professor in the law. Leahy. Yes, while not in the law classes directly. I see sort of a, a frantic look. Like I almost feel like AI could pretty easily detect from just taking like an image of all the faces on the street outside the school the proximity to midterms and finals <laughs> that this picture was taken like if they ever mm. needed to like set you know when this picture was taken for purposes of like some sort of criminal defense uh, uh situation or something they'd be able to but look, look at the fear on this person's face this is right in midterm season you can tell mm. they're just they're stressed they're sweating there there seems to be like a frantic energy that i'm sure i exhibited when i was in law school but i didn't i don't remember that i don't remember being that like wound up yeah mm. i i never i should have been yeah i never took undergrad seriously which was kind of my problem uh, so yeah. i didn't or i didn't take undergrad seriously until the last until january of my senior year that's when i started taking undergrad yeah. seriously uh so uh and then it wasn't really midterms that were stressing me out because like undergrad it was never that hard no, because I took a because yeah, I was a history major. No offense to history majors, right? But it, it's uh, not like yes offense the people who, uh, like or the like people who, who I knew who were something. doing engineering, yeah, no, and stuff. They were so stressed. They out. got old fast, right? Yeah. You see them yeah. now; they look like wizened. Like you know, what I mean, they're the same age as you, but they're uh, they look 108. Yeah, my midterms were papers. That's the thing; like they were papers mm. that I was I could write. I was good at writing. Yeah. I, I liked it. And if you put effort and thought into stuff, you got an A. That's yeah. the thing. So uh, in history. Um, I was a political science major. Same experience. Like yeah. there was there was no, there was no stress. In yeah. This. Same. We had the closest thing that I came to stress in undergrad was there were a few. I, they, we had like a pre-law track that was kind of a minor, kind of not. And like one of the classes was like a, a pretty bona fide con law class. And that would stress me out. They didn't. Uh, put you on call the same way where like it was surprise you're getting right. called on today it was like you're going to be briefing this case so come prepared to brief this case which was much more merciful uh, and probably necessary for undergrads uh, yeah. that and there was like a legal writing class but that guy was really cool really cool there was some discourse on the socratic method recently the the surprise i'm going to ask you about the reading that you were assigned method and whether or not it's good or not i i liked it i thought it was good because i actually read everything and i never read anything otherwise um, right it was like an accountability heuristic yeah. or something for you like it kept you yes. sort of on yeah i can see that i mean yeah i always i i wouldn't say i liked it i don't think i liked it but i always read because of it and i yeah. guess i can't say for certain i would have read otherwise yeah. Mm -hmm. The surprise aspect of the Socratic method it is not part of the Socratic method, I don't think. It's just torture. Uh, yeah, but I the agree. Socratic method itself of exploring a, a topic by probing deeper and deeper into questions and <coughs> basing those questions on the questions that came before, right. I think it is actually low-key uh, good training for taking depositions and eliciting testimony at a trial where yeah. depositions, especially when you're trying to discover stuff like that is low key, good training for listen to the answer and then base your next question off of the answer that you just heard. So it's not entirely useless and it teaches you how to probe and investigate something like that, or you probably should know that by being a grown up, but 
it teaches you good investigation tactics in there and helps no. you learn stuff. And the it, surprise it teaches, is terrible. It's torment. Yeah. I le- I <laughs> I, yeah, I don't remember the surprise is the most important part though. I don't know that Socrates like I don't remember him surprising people. Like I don't think that no. was his whole deal was like he just like hid under a bridge and popped out like a troll no. and asked questions. I thought it was that I thought the Socratic method was you teach by talking to the student and getting like interrogating the student's right, understanding interrogating of it, the yeah. student. I don't know right. sure about the surprise part. Yeah. But <laughs> you mean the surprise as in you don't know whether or not you're going to get asked anything in class. Right. You don't know whether you're going to be the one on the hot seat. Yeah. Um, I, my question, I, by the way, I was the first person the there was in my school, there's one teacher that's considered a hard, uh, hard ass at Vandy. Uh, his name is Brian Fitzpatrick. He knows, he knows that's his reputation. He probably relishes it. Um, yeah, they usually yeah, do. Um, Absolutely. but he's honestly not, he's not that bad. Um, the, I got him my first semester in civil procedure, which is probably the, one of the strangest first semester courses. To be for sure. a person with no le- legal background, it was the yeah, only I was class the first I was person called lost in the whole Sorry. year. Sorry, the Ooh. first person, first question, first person called, and I gave a terrible answer, obviously because I didn't know what the hell was going on, or yeah. what the point of the case that they said that what the first case was about notice pleading. It was Twombly and Iqbal, and I'm like, I don't Ooh. know what any of these things are, right? <laughs> and so he asked the question. I was like, I I don't know. I I didn't say I don't know. I gave a bad answer, but um, yeah, that's what you do. And you yeah. say it authoritatively. I think. Oh yeah, they they weren't even teaching Iqbal and Twombly yet, uh, because first of all, Iqbal hadn't happened yet uh, when I was a one L, and uh, uh, did Twombly come after that? Which is like the other companion thing that always gets cited along with was it? it tw- was it Twombly yeah. versus? No, no, no. It was Ashcroft v. Iqbal and uh, uh, Atlantic Corp v. Twombly. Uh, ask me how those things come to mind so frequently. Uh, I may have been drafting briefs this week. Uh, but uh, yet uh, Twombly was 2007 and Iqbal was 2009. So like that was emerging jurisprudence. So there's no way I'm yeah. getting called on for that in 2007 in law school. But yeah, that's a that's a hard place to start. Yeah, that's right. My my worst experience in in all of my I had a weird school experience, uh, like undergraduate career, uh, because I did t- I did time. I did two years at a community college, and then I did some time. <laughs> <laughs> and then I did hey, some too, time, man. and then I did some time at Drexel, and then I had I transferred to Penn, and what that meant was like I lost some. I couldn't transfer all the credits over, yeah. so like I had to like I essentially did five years or maybe even six of undergraduate in order to like you know ostensibly finish with a better degree. Or whatever. No but game anyway, time for you. No, but the um the my worst experience. Not personally, because I can't, uh, you'll understand why in a second, but I had to witness it. Uh, I was in a class. It was a political science class, not at Penn. It was at one of those other schools. And it was for a midterm return of papers. The you know, professor, professor came in, came in late, had the paper, said, I'm going to give them back to you all. Um, you know, did the whole, like, I'm very disappointed in all of you type conversation with the class. And then he said he was going to re- hand them out in reverse grade order. Oh, <laughs> and if well, that's so cool. In, yeah. And if you came in in the bottom half, not only should you consider uh, the drop deadline is coming, you should consider dropping this class. You should reconsider if college is for you oh and my. if there might not be some better you know, career path. For oh. You. Oh and my. I remember sitting there and having this feeling of like, you lose no matter what. You don't want to be named in the first half because then you're like sort of almost with him against mm. the poor people who have to uh. have it come later. It was an awful experience. Um, far and away the worst thing I had. Nothing came close to that in law school. Like, 
there's a little bit of Socratic yeah. method stuff, but like nobody was actively trying to make you look foolish or belittle you or anything. All the things that I was like warned against, I didn't, I don't know if you guys had that experience. I really didn't. Nobody seemed no, to have No, I did that. not have anything close to the horror experience that they talk about. People tell hospitals. you, yeah. Look to that your That story left. sounds Look terrible. Look to your right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 One, by, by the end of this semester, one of you will be dead. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. by, by, by the hand. other's hand there you go yeah. your your weapons exactly. are in your lockers in the basement <laughs> right check under your chair if you have a weapon you're a predator if you have no, no weapon you're prey everybody yeah. run the no, school yeah. becomes it's the hunger games yeah. yeah law schools know now we're plenty self-destructive on our own they don't need to push us anymore yeah. yeah oh, right. millennials got in there and they knew like th- th- these people are <laughs> they're gonna <laughs> twist themselves into knots all by themselves. It's us. Yeah. All right. So we have a lot of little topics to talk about, and I don't know anything about most of them. Do we? So, I think we have a little little topics. A little have, little we, topics. Look, uh, if this if this ends up being thirty minutes of me talking about cyberpunk, that's fine. Uh, and <laughs> I'm sorry. also fine with that. But also, yeah. I'm sorry to you guys. So. Well, we're you you guys talking a listeners. lot because uh, there's several topics here that I think it's mostly your view on it. I yeah, like the, the the chess thing. I don't know anything about. You got to tell me about okay. the problem with you, chess. I well, I knew that was going to be my thing because normal like video games are culture. Chess is still not culture, even though kids. I know it like you know that like chess was is like a problem in terms of how popular it is among some kids. That they like schools nope. are having problems with kids playing chess matches during class and stuff nope. like that. What schools? What yeah. schools have this problem? No, this is a real problem. You can like look it up. Anyway, wow. Uh, this okay. is not you're related to that problem. While you're describing this, I'm going to look this up because well, I think yeah. this is hogwash. I want to make some some. Hold on, let's make some yeah. guesses first. Geographic locations for these problems. What are we talking about? Because like it, this... it is worldwide. So it's the United States for yes, sure. Like we're going to find a story that is a state here. You will find and, at least one story in the Washington Post, and there are others as well. But I'm guessing there's, it's not going to be like. Um, I'm trying to think of. I don't know where would it. Where would I expect it to be? Like, what's a chessy? What's a chessy state? A chessy state, New like York, New England. Okay, uh, Con- Connecticut, Connecticut. Oh, Connecticut. You're right. Connecticut, you're right. Okay, um, Connecticut, New York, California, maybe Washington, mm, Oregon, that kind of Chicago. Too much rain, the pieces get stuck to the board. Chicago? Mm. Wow. Okay. All right. Sorry. So Uh, tell us the story and and we'll we'll find out. This is not related to the chess craze, uh, but, uh, you know, chess is dominated by men in a way that few other sports are in terms of like culture. Hmm. Shouldn't surprise you. Like, there's a chess creator I follow, um, Gotham Chess, who was talking about like before the Queen's Gambit happened. His right. his viewers were ninety eight percent men, and he's like the he's the most popular YouTuber, chess YouTuber by a lot. His viewers were like ninety eight percent men after the Queen's Gambit happened, which is you know very popular Netflix show, right? That with a woman chess chess master as a uh, as a main character, um, it became ninety six percent men. It plummeted and that's kind to ninety six percent. that's the high water mark for. Uh, double x chromosome participation in watching yeah. chess uh and you know there have been some historic like um i can't remember her name uh oh Yudit polgar like she's one of she was a top 10 chess master at some point in the top 10 but like 99 percent of chess grandmasters are men um and uh so like there's a lot of sexism like not just like normal like not just like oh women aren't good but when they do participate in tournaments with men, 
there's like uh you know right. sexual sexual harassment is like normal like the norm this used um, to be talked about a lot in like the engineering fields i remember reading about like it was a, it was like a soft barrier to women entering like engineering and undergraduate and uh stuff because like they just would be accosted yeah, be te- yeah sure yeah. you'd mean terrible right. you know stares at at best right like, yeah uh, so um that's you know they've been working on it kind of uh like fide which is the international it's the fifa of chess uh fide had its first ever sponsor for women's chess and it was a breast implant company um so that okay. was that's oh, kind of what's going not on great yeah uh with chess but there's a there are a lot of prominent female chess players and chess like influencers and writers the one of them is jen shahade um whose brother is also chess master deep in the chess um and she came forward and this was i believe it was about a year ago um and made some allegations regarding a chess grandmaster named alejandro ramirez that he had sexually assaulted or harassed uh, many of his underage women students at the oh. U.S. Chess Club in St. Louis. That's not and great. And so these are underage girls. There were like five or six six people who said this happened, and this was reported to U.S. Chess in 2021. There's some organizational like complexity here, mm-hmm. but the important thing to know is that the Chess Club in St. Louis is maybe is the most important chess club in the country and one of the most important in the world because of this guy max sinkfeld i can't remember his how to pronounce his name his last name who's like a hedge fund billionaire who's put Mm -hmm. a lot of money into making it like the mecca of american chess okay and so the st louis chess club is deeply together with the u.s chess authority um and all that so like in 2021 these allegations are made privately to us chess and kind of acknowledged as true, but they kept and they stopped personally involving Alejandro Ramirez with it, like personally hiring him for tutoring, but kept allowing him to tutor, like use their premises for underage to tutor underage women Yikes. on the on us chess and also allowed him to be a coach for the underage women's team. Uh, oh man! So, <clears throat> uh, that's that's the background. This this controversy kind of erupted in like March of this year right. because there was a Washington, uh, uh, not Washington, a uh, Wall Street Journal article about it. It's like, oh yeah, the U.S. chess just kind of did nothing uh, when they found out about this, other than not actively help him find underage girls victims. Yeah, um, and so. The why it's blown up now again is there's a the president of U.S. Chess is a guy named Randy Bauer, and Jen Shahadi, the per, one of the people who has been one of the most prominent about this, uh, was basically talking about how they really haven't done anything, and Randy Bauer, the president, went went on Facebook and started talking about how maybe I should make the the name of these victims public if they really want to make such a big deal, maybe I like threatening oh, to out. Right. Basically saying, if you want to complain about me, he he said, right. you've never done anything for U.S. chess. You, what are you doing for U.S. chess? Oh, man. If you want to complain, then why don't we make all this public? Um, mm. <laughs> and uh, as you might imagine, that was not taken well. Sorry, I'm 
No. <coughs> I've always that's out. good podcasting right there. It's good pod. Yeah, hope, yeah. Sorry, I was trying to turn away. Hopefully it was not that bad. A little dusting um, of COVID for us all. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, cut through the five G airwaves. I'm sending COVID to all of you. Yeah, we have those now. What's always surprising to me with these things is that um the the perpetrator uh, I certainly am not saying you understand, but like I, I understand intellectually that there are perpetrators out there that do these things. What's always right. surprising to me is the like enablers that seemingly are not really perpetrators themselves, but they do almost as bad stuff around like just enabling the perpetrator to continue on for reasons that never seem at all worth it, even a little bit. Not that anything yeah. would be, but like even using their own sort of like why do this why keep well, these guys around you gotta you gotta imagine that their calculus of what's happening here is a little bit different because they care about chess way more than you do uh and right. in a lot of these situations where you have this stuff happening uh if you look at like harvey weinstein you know what people who were complicit with harvey weinstein stuff did it because they care a lot about making a lot of money and uh, they care a lot about getting movies right. made and they care about the prestige and accolades and whatever, but probably mainly the money. Like that's why you enable somebody sure. like this. And that's why you see like uh, jerks at big law firms continuing to thrive because they make rain. And uh, so, right. you, you know, it's the same kind of thing, but on a chess prestige level. So this guy is a guy that they want to have around and doing stuff. So like, it's the calculus is different for them uh, than it is for, right. you know, you and me are like, why are you keeping this guy around to tutor people in chess? Like it means a lot more to them. Uh, I did find by the way, that there is a booming, there is a chess boom right now. I did not find a single reputable news article about this, Jacob, but I <laughs> did, but I did uh, find a, in the teachers subreddit, they were talking about this. You're you're clickety clacking an article up right He's now. I can hear it. It's happen. Washington oh, yeah. Post. I found. You're, I got you're it. trying to justify your existence here. Uh, yeah. But apparently, in the teachers <laughs> subreddit, they were talking about it, and apparently, this traces back to, at least in some part, Andrew Tate and like hypertoxic <laughs> hypertoxic oh, no. masculinity. And so, is chess masculine like, now. I, mean, I, mean, I understand that it is predominantly, you know, men playing it or whatever. You just explained that. It's but, very funny. Right. Yeah. And so, like, you know, the whole I, I, I am confident that the chess culture had more of an effect on Andrew Tate than Andrew Tate did on chess culture. But it kind of just all makes sense a little bit that, you know, uh, I'm reading this thing uh, on chess.com forums. God help me. Uh <laughs> But like, apparently he was a chess champion at age five or something like that. And so, yeah, that seems like nebulous terms. Like a junior under five champion kind of thing. I don't know. Like a a not trivial in the scheme of the world of chess, I guess, but like probably non-trivial to a five-year-old kid. And like, you know, it kind of... It kind of coalesces here. I get a picture. like So mm. now I'm imagining the chess community that is hyper-masculine, hyper-toxic masculinity as yeah. like a bunch of Andrew Tates. And don't hear, what I don't want you to hear is that everybody who plays chess is Andrew Tate. Right. But I can piece together the kind of culture you're painting uh, of the chess culture here, Jacob, and uh, kind of understand that that gives some context to me. Well, Sorry, is it weird need- that I'm calling you Jacob? I have the I have the book title for them if they don't have it. Red oh, pilling the queen. 
Oh, right. that's what is. they're gonna right. Yeah, there you oh go. That's gosh. that's free. That's for all you you know dirt bags out there. That, it's gonna be uh, a ghost that. written by Walter Isaacson. There you go. Yeah. yeah, with a very thoughtful person in a turtleneck doing that deep stare on the cover that he yeah. seems to like so much. Uh, I found the article too. Yeah, so they're having a big uh, epidemic of people of kids playing chess in Illinois. This is the one I saw, Washington Post. Yeah. Jeffrey Otterby, a middle school teacher in Illinois, is facing an epidemic of student distraction. When his seventh graders are supposed to be learning social studies, they're glued to their school-issued Chromebooks. He is taking to standing in the back of the room to monitor their screens, where he can see the online game they're all playing, chess. That is the big, oh my goodness. Well, if I remember right, um, Illinois is the chess state. Like There was a a documentary called Chess State, which was about the Illinois high school chess championships. And it included now celebrity Eric Rosen when he was a high schooler. And it was like, it had all these high school students talking about how cool chess was and stuff like that. So Illinois is definitely like a chess state. Um, But I remember that. So Andrew Tate, (laughs) this is randomly. um, Sometime, I want to say like last year, he posted something about how, oh man, I just lost at chess. But actually chess is for losers. It's not a real man's game. It's just like, why, why, where did this come from, man? That it's is like you most... had a, you had a, uh, uh, you had an ego hit and this is like a, a reaction, an ego hit reaction in real time. Yeah. You're just like, oh, down. Oh, and now actually this game sucks. Right. Uh, it's like my Calvin ball, ball. Going home. Yeah. Or, uh, uh, Jim, have you ever heard the Jim Gaffigan's bit on bowling? Where if you bowl and you know you hit a strike or whatever, it's like, and that's how it's done. And then the next time when it's a gutter ball, it's like, this is a stupid sport. I'm going home. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it, that you know, cr- plane crash of a downward tra- trajectory as soon as it doesn't go your way is it, same thing here, right? It's like, um, yeah, just Andrew Tate, uh, probably not a uh, chess champion in anything more than some small little regional something yeah. that he was five or whatever sorry like, I interrupted if he you. was if he was a title even if he was titled it wouldn't be that surprising because like it's you know that's kind of like a lot of chess culture is like that um like hyper masculine stuff oh okay uh, i see not like yeah. yeah so it wouldn't be that surprising um but uh the about the controversy that just erupted that nothing is people called for the president of the u.s chess to step down after he did all this that didn't right. happen he hasn't he's basically just hold up and isn't talking. Um, but the chess club in St. Louis that had previously worked with Alejandro Ramirez uh, did put out like a statement saying, you know, uh, that they were going to have a bunch of like safety guidelines and working about working with kids. Uh, people are going to have to go through training and then they're basically going to take steps to make sure that no coach is put in this position again, uh, which is at least they're doing something. So, yeah, uh, but it took them like, four months to get there hmm. and it's always a little surprising with like do, do we need training the 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 insinuation whenever there's some sort of like clear violation of norms and and laws right when they announce that they're going to have more training and guidelines for for people it seems to be like i don't think it was a lack of information that yeah. caused this you know i don't think this guy was like george costanza saying was that right. wrong should i not yeah. have done that no he's a creep you need to find a way to not have creeps in your yeah. In your organization. Yeah. That's the key. It's like uh, it's an instinctual crime. 
that right. you like you can't really train it out of somebody. No, there's nobody like taking you know, furious notes at the like don't molest the kids uh, uh, training session that is going like, well, I was gonna, but now that you explained to me that you shouldn't do that, I you know I like my job, I certainly won't. We should be I working more on background checks or something. Yeah, I hope there's data that shows that it's actually useful because it's it reminds me of like sexual harassment training and stuff right. like that. Yeah, um, which I don't know how useful that is. Well, the most galling thing about that is that a lot of times when they make you undergo like uh, sexual harassment training or which sounds bad because it sounds like you're training somebody to actually do sexual harassment. Right. Uh, but when you're talking about like diversity training or or uh, sensitivity training or stuff like that, like the most galling thing about it is it, it's actually exhibited in the office when they come in and have to do that thing with Michael Scott. Uh, because of Michael Scott, that they make everybody do it so that right. it doesn't, so that the person who was the problem doesn't feel like called out as the problem. Like, no, no, that person's the problem. You should be calling right. them out as a problem. Yeah. Oh, that's enraging to me when they make my clients who are the victims of those things participate in those trainings. Like, you understand that this is the person that who was harassed and discriminated right. against that you're making do this now. Like, no it's the adult equivalent to like in high school the idea that the person who uh started the fight and the person who just you know got their butt handed to them both get suspended right right yeah. where it's like well hold on right. i don't understand you what was i supposed to do yeah you struck his fist repeatedly with your face <laughs> yeah you're just as guilty hmm. so is anyway coming, you were is that coming from a place of hurt for you andrew no, I, it was not. It's not a per, no personal experience. I, I was homeschooled for high school, so my parents would have had to beat me for that. Hi, Mrs. Schumer. Bye, Mrs. Schumer. They couldn't. She couldn't hear you. Uh, That's because okay. of my headphones. It's probably better that way. She'll hear yeah. tomorrow. Yeah, she waved. She now. says hi. Hi. Okay. Anyway, we were talking. That's about all chess I have to say about that. That's all you yeah. got. All right. We've moved on from 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 chess controversy. So so what what's up next? We have a million so, mini topics. Want to so talk about fraud? My, my takeaway from that, by the way, is don't let my children play in chess club. Yeah, no. I no. should keep them keep them interested in yo yo. My nine year old's super into yo yo right now. I think he's going to do the yo yo club. Like that feels a lot more wholesome. Maybe not. Adult, no, there's adult nothing men? wrong with chess. No, get your kids into chess so that they can be like you know the positive influence. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. So I, they I'm get gonna... red pilled by Andrew Tate. <laughs> yeah, if there's uh, some sort of a, adult man teaching children how to yo-yo, I would keep your kids away from that guy too. Yeah, there's certain things true. where it's just, eh, you know what I mean? No, I don't know. I don't want to meet an adult who's like super into yo-yoing. That's a problem. Uh, I don't know. Well, I, I mean, Bl- I'm sure Blippi I seems like he'd be super into yo-yoing. I don't know. Mm. Mm. That's true. I don't know how, how much y'all know about Blippi. But, I, uh, I, I'm just trying to pass off as though I know what you're talking about. Me too. Oh, okay. Do not, hmm. do not take this as an invitation to tell me all about it. Oh my gosh. No. <laughs> Is that just, Clippy's brother? Flippy? No. no. Oh, oh mercy. But uh, every kid, every parent with a kid, my kid's age knows Blippy on YouTube. Okay. I looked it up. Yeah. There's a guy he's wearing crazy. Oh yeah. You, I mean, in real life, you would absolutely keep your kids away from a guy who looked like this. If he was oh. at the park, just like hanging out on a bench and your kid went to near that kid, that guy, you'd uh, get him away from him immediately. You know, you're at least watching closely. Yeah. Very yeah. closely. All right. Speaking of people that are totally safe around children, uh, Trump, he's he's in big trouble, uh, seemingly constantly. Um, so his latest thing is, yeah, he overvalued his property in order to get tax breaks and over leverage <gasps> the property. Yeah. And... Um, uh, insurance purposes, right, to improve his insurance premiums because he, you know, was, was had more uh, value than, yeah. Anybody shocked my by this? Poor, my insurance companies. 
Like uh, four insurance yes. companies. Yeah. Talk about an unsympathetic fraud victim. Yeah. So um, well, that's true. Yeah. Actually, I don't know who I want to win in that case. Trump versus insurance companies. Oh. I'm not sure who I'm rooting for. I'm, I'm rooting for a gigantic sinkhole to open up below the courtroom right at the parties tables and the right. where the lawyers and the parties are sitting. Like, I want the judge to be fine. I want the jury to be fine. Bailiffs, spectators. Like, I want everybody to be fine. But the parties and their lawyers... Sinkhole. I'm, re- I'm that's team the sinkhole. same. I'm team sinkhole. That's, that's how I the feel. Same solution. Yeah, you had for the Musk and uh, Zuckerberg fight. You wanted I, that to get. That's true. For that fight, too. whenever whenever the Phillies play against the Mets, I feel I cheer for the sinkhole. Then, oh, team sinkhole. <laughs> That's not fair. I like the Mets. Okay. Well, anyway, so in this case, so the latest thing that I heard that was great, uh, the New York judge is Arthur N. Gorin. Did you read the article today that was uh, reporting on the uh, tr- the uh, trial yesterday? He like put his face in his hands and banged his fist on the t- on the uh, bench and said like something or other. He was like just so disgusted by whatever the la- latest nonsense uh, Trump's lawyers spat out. Well, are, is is the nonsense that we're talking about here the fact that? Uh, there was a gag order placed on Donald Trump because Donald Trump was doxing the Instagram account of the of the judges the law clerk, clerk and yeah. like yeah. basically directing. You know, he was you doing his do that. Sta- stand back and <laughs> stand no by, stand back and stand by to all his right. uh, three percenters who were out there just waiting to find out this uh, this you know insidious law clerk who's making Donald Trump's life bad. Like, I, is that the nonsense? Was that yesterday that that happened? That, I think like, that might have been like two days ago. I think it was two days ago. Um, I don't know what the latest thing because was. Because in that, in I can that situation, if the judge was putting his hands in his head and like banging on his uh, on his desk, like that is the gentlest uh, reaction that I can imagine from a judge who's who's dealing uh, law with clerk, him. whose law clerk yeah. was being threatened that way. Oh, like, yeah, yeah. yeah. You don't su- mess with a judge's staff. I'm ever. surprised a literal gavel was not thrown at somebody in that situation. Like. I would have been team gavel in that situation. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's 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 bad stuff. So you I don't want to put you two on the spot. You know this better than me. Did, did you hear the story that apparently the reason why he's not having a jury trial for this is because his attorney failed to check a box on a form? Well, they I thought it was that the attorney didn't file any form at all and the attorney general like it's not the insurance companies that are bringing the action but the attorney general said non-jury. Um and so that's why that's my understanding. Yeah, not so that the a judge... jury would necessarily be better for Donald Trump, but so I don't and, know. I don't know exactly how this works in New York, but in every civil case that I've ever been involved in, and Jake, you probably would have some context for criminal. Uh, I think criminal, you're probably defaulting to a jury trial. Uh, but uh, in a civil case, the person who files the case, the plaintiff, uh, gets to decide in their pleading whether they want to elect to have a jury trial or not. And obviously, a jury trial is not available for every kind of thing. Most particularly, like if you're bringing a suit in equity, asking for an injunction, for example, like a specific "go do this thing" or "don't do this thing," like you can't get a jury to try that. Uh, but you make a decision when you file your lawsuit about whether you want to ask for a jury trial versus a bench trial. You can right. make that decision yeah. based off of a number of different factors. Like, uh, is this the sort of issue that uh, a complex understanding of legal issues is going to benefit my client. In that case, maybe you elect for a bench trial. If it's, I've got a really sympathetic client in a sympathetic situation and the defendant is a, a real big jerk and a jury of my peers is going to work favorably for me, you pick a jury trial. The 
other side of that is once you've been sued, which this is a civil suit brought by the uh, the state attorney in New York. Letitia uh, James, yeah. Yeah. And uh, uh, so it's a civil suit. The defendant then has an opportunity once they're served with the lawsuit. And it varies when you have to do this. Uh, I've had a circumstance where it's been as soon as 10 days after you're served. I think most of the time you have to do it with your answer, which usually comes 20 or 30 or 28 days after you're served. Mm -hmm. Uh, You indicate in that responsive pleading whether you want to demand a jury trial and you... Like so one person asking for a jury trial is the trump card. Like <laughs> if one person asks for it, they get it as long as they comply with the rules. Sounds like what happened here is Letitia James just didn't specify that she wanted a jury trial. Probably a good choice in this situation, I should think, right. because we're dealing with complex legal issues and a jury uh, is much more susceptible to... Um, ruling for a defendant just because they like them and sure. uh, you're not going to find that as much with the judge. And so I think it's probably the right choice here to pick a bench trial. And uh, it sounds like Jake, you, you maybe have some more specific yeah. knowledge about this. Like did I, they just I not ask it, for it. I thought they had. So yeah. the attorney general specifically said non-jury. Right. And then I've seen that one. Uh, and then I think Donald Trump just didn't file an opposing form. And it's like, it's like a spe- it's like a special statute that the attorney general is filing under. So I wouldn't be surprised if it's the kind of like specialized law where if you don't know what you're doing, you can just mess up all the time because yeah, it has like specialized yeah. procedures and that kind of thing. Like Medicaid. Right, was, yeah. Trump's lawyer, yeah, uh, David Schoen is one of his lawyers apparently said that there was like a 2011 case apparently that said there was no right to a jury trial under this New York executive law. It's like... Uh, I have a note. Sixty section sixty three twelve. So like I think it's what Jake is saying. Basically, they just assumed there was no right, and now it's like some commentators have sort of weighed in and said that generally speaking, apparently in New York is what they're saying. I'm not saying this. People yeah. make the attempt anyway, and so okay. it's not entirely plausible <clears throat> that they're failing to even ask for one um, was like a a conscious considered decision. And so it was like okay. a post hoc rationalization that they didn't ask for it. And then they said, well, they're seeking equitable remedies. So that's why we didn't ask because we just assumed we wouldn't have it. The The counter to that seems to be um, most people ask anyway. I yeah. guess. I don't know if that's I don't know. Anything about I, I, I don't even know if it would help them, honestly, is the thing like in, in New York. Is this in New York City that, yeah. that this is happening? Yep. I don't know. It's helping if it's helping him. So Trump, yeah, I, you got you got a, enough of a MAGA presidents that maybe you can get. Maybe you can hang a jury, metaphorically. In New York, I don't know. Well, New York's pretty unanim- rough. Is it? It's not unanimous, right? On a civil case like this, I'm betting yeah, it's it's majority. Okay. So I don't, I don't, I don't know. know. New York's not. rough. I mean, I've seen little clips of him coming and going from Trump Tower in New York, and like, there's a decent contingent of people there shouting some stuff at him. Like, I don't think he's particularly. I mean, New York, New Yorkers hate no one as much as their own. Is it on Staten Island? I don't. That's. Oh, is it? I don't know. I don't know. I'm. I'm just saying that's like the only situation where I can imagine a jury helping him much. Yeah. But. Oh yeah, yeah. That's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. Yes, Staten Island is probably the only borough where you're going to get a couple of uh, ah, Long Island. You get some stuff out in Long Island. You but get some. That's not. But that's yeah. not New York City, right? Sure it is. Well, yeah. I mean, you're going to start a whole thing if you say. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> I don't disagree. But I mean, the people from Long Island will not. Uh, I'm married to somebody who would who would who would argue with you that that is you know every bit New York City. Okay. Um, yeah, my uh, 
uh, I have family that's in, uh, it's in Rochester County. And I, I used to call that upstate New York because it was, because uh, if it's, <laughs> you know, country, right? if it's north or west of New York City, as far as I'm concerned, it's upstate New York. Even yeah, though right. it's like, I think that's fair. even though it's literally like thirty minutes, twenty minutes away from Manhattan. Anyway, listen, listen to the California boy weighing in on what's what counts as New York City. Give me, yeah, a break. no, I, I love, yeah. I, I love annoying. There's nobody I love annoying more than New Yorkers. Honestly, yeah, that's fair. Yeah, uh, they, they love annoying you too. The, sorry, yeah. the the sorry, Andrew. The Yankees deserve. It's all because of the Yankees. I, I'm no. pretty sure. That yeah. what is that's why New Yorkers deserve all the, yes. the ill they well, okay. that, yes <laughs> at least your motives are pure yeah, yeah they had an abysmal season I mean <laughs> yes they had, they had a an really abysmal bad... se- your abysmal season is a winning season that's your abysmal season yeah if you're the New York Yankees <laughs> for sure but you're they, a fan of the Oakland A's so like, yeah. how many how many losses did the Oakland A's have did they year? finish fourth in the division Yankees yeah uh I think so or uh maybe they could they did they overtake the Red Sox? They might have overtaken the Red Sox. Well, the here's the thing. Here's the thing. The Rays right. and uh, the Orioles, Toronto and, and Orioles. Toronto are no, all fourth, in the, yeah, they're all right. in the playoffs. So they had to have been it's at fourth. least fourth. They might have been fifth. Yep. They yeah. might have been fifth. Yeah, yeah. That's a pretty bad season, Jake. Yeah, it's okay. bad. But okay. the AL East, there was a time there where the uh, one through five, if you combine the AL East and I want to say the AL West or the AL Central, if you like, sort of listed them out. Yeah. The order one through five of AL East right. and then one through five of uh, AL West or Central, whatever this is, would be would be the same order. So in other words, right. the first place uh, team in the West would be the sixth place team if they were in a, you know, if they were brought over to the East in terms yeah. of their record. Like yeah. that's how off the, the, the whole thing was. But anyway, I'm, I'm rationalizing a horrible season. Dear listener, hang in there because... <laughs> Two episodes from now, baseball season will probably be over, and you can stop listening to <laughs> us talk about baseball. The Braves are about to take on the Phillies, right? Yeah, starting on Saturday. I'm rooting for the Braves all the way. Thank you. Good man. Yeah. Good man. That's uh, dangerous on your home turf there, but uh, yeah, what are you gonna you're, you're a good man. You're a good man. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, Donald Trump is uh, on trial for fraud. That's, yep. uh, he's inflating all sorts of stuff. He doesn't have a jury trial. I'm, um, I'm actually really pleased to see that the gag order seems to be having some effect. And I think it's probably because a grown up got a hold of his truth social credentials and deleted the stuff. But like, hmm. I I hope that he actually abides by it because like, I'm not super into the whole schadenfreude of watch how bad this gets for him. Uh, I would rather, you know, the, the law clerk be protected. Because yeah, oh that's, yeah, that's probably uh, yeah. Better. I I think he understands he went over a line by attacking the locker. Like, uh, <clears throat> I think I he knows know. that's that's not I, an okay target. I don't. She's not a player in the game. I don't know? agree with that. I don't think Ooh. that he understands that. I think that he just had his had the right people drop the hammer yeah. on or around him uh, that said, "You do this, or I'm out of here." Uh, I don't think that he has that sort of conscience, but. No, also, I don't. Yeah, I don't think he would ever know think. Him. I don't. Th- I don't think he would ever think she like she's not a player in the game. It, it, at most, he would ever realize is, oh, I messed up in terms of like the ramifications for this are not worth, um, you know, whatever I'm going to gain from it. I don't think he ever thinks in terms of from outside appearances. I don't think he ever thinks in terms of like whether or not this was fair for the other person. I just don't think that's like in his makeup. But yeah, anyway, this case seems he seems done. He overvalued his properties. 
it's exactly what everybody always said he did. No one's shocked. He's not worth $9 billion. He's worth significantly less. His companies are all, his, his uh, properties are all worth significantly less. Uh, to, to sort of to your point, Jacob, you're saying like the schadenfreude, you don't really want to see it get worse. My concern is that I feel like a lot of these things are uh, exactly his wheelhouse of breaking, which are like mores and, and like soft norms and rules and things. Yeah. I don't like to see him keep sort of testing the fences because I'm not entirely confident that the ramifications for him are real in the way that they would be for you or me. Like if this was you or me and we just like kept ignoring the gag order and we attacked the clerk. And oh, like, yeah. We, we would just get locked oh, yeah. up. It would be over, right? Yeah. I if, don't know. But that he, he didn't do that, this. right? Yeah. He didn't he ignore sh- the gag order. Not yet. Not yet, no. But right. like, I, that's my point is like, <laughs> I don't want him to test it further because I'm afraid he's going to oh, find yeah. out and we're all going to find out that like, he really can just do whatever he wants. They're just I, not going to have the ramifications that we would have and it's never going to happen. I think if he attacks the, the clerk again, right. I think he will actually get arrested and put in jail. I think that will really? actually happen. Yeah. But what does jail you look don't like screw when you have staff? When you have uh, Secret Service protection? Like, what does that even look like? What are we doing? Yeah, that, he, he's going to find out, and I don't that's think he's going to like it. That's a whole other thing. And, like, I, I, don't, I have no idea what that even looks like. It probably looks like house arrest, as in, don't you leave Mar a Lago and don't. Has to be. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think they're going to put him in a unit. I think they're going to put him in like the Manhattan place where Epstein did or did not kill himself like in like that, a, that's uh, that was federal right no that oh, was it, it wouldn't be that place was it federal i thought it was state okay all right well but in some equivalent that probably has all the infestation issues that that place had yeah i think i, I think he ends up going to a bad place and i think that's why he never breaks the gag order yeah i mean that, that is a, 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 a separate question of like <laughs> is he confident that he would never go to jail i don't know i that yeah. is, that is a big risk to take I, I don't i think he has a lot of confidence i think he has a lot of uh um uh, uh awareness of his own ability to wiggle out of trouble but i think it's often been monetary trouble or reputational trouble or electoral trouble this something where there's like real physical i mean there's that clip of him from when he was president where uh somebody said there was a threat to him or something and he like bolts off the stage when there's real threat to his personal safety, he moves pretty quickly. So I can imagine that if he thinks even a little bit, there's a 1% chance he could wind up in jail. Yeah, he will abide by the gag order and he will just attack the many other people that he is completely free to yeah, attack. Yeah, like there's plenty, yeah. Yeah. He's okay, got plenty so, of th- people to yell at. Exactly. Uh, the other fraud trial that we were, thought we might touch on quickly, I don't have anything to say other than haha, is the SBF trial. Just the ongoing disaster. He's really like, he's playing, he's basically using the Trump playbook. The reason why he's currently uh, having difficulty apparently preparing for trial from a prison cell is because he was out on bail and he just uh, uh, tried to intimidate a witness (laughs) and got himself thrown into jail where he is now. Like, to some extent, that is actually a good example. I feel like that is what Trump would be going through if he had never been president. He wouldn't be getting away with all of this and just being continually warned and uh, gag order and all this sort of stuff and having no real ramifications if he hadn't been president. If he's just a billionaire, (laughs) he's in jail. He's waiting, awaiting trial in a cell somewhere. But because of all the logistical and political issues, he's not. He might be the first person with four separate criminal charges that is spending all of them on on pretrial release, like spending all of them out of custody. Right. Yeah, yeah. That's Uh, a good point. Yeah. Which, uh, you know. Kind of spe- kind of speaks to the fact that unique fact that 
all four of the crimes were committed. The the allegations were committed before any of the other prosecutions took place. Uh, and also they're all like white collar ish, you know, like yeah. first, I guess technically first offenses. Every one of them is a first offense until. <laughs> oh, that's true. It's know? a race to the first offense. I mean, you yeah. can say a first time offender to, for all of them. that could be his defense for each yeah. one of them. Can you yeah. uh, can you get a habitual offender if they all happen in like a six weeks <laughs> the time? same day? Right. Yeah. All 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 the convictions come down in six weeks. Yeah, that's what a mess. Yeah. Uh, on SBF, there was this like one document that came out that was interesting, which is that the Stanford professor, who like the who like was his sponsor or whatever, and gave him bail money, his was father? hired as like a consultant and paid like. 200 like initially was paid like $200,000 for nothing and then was and then wow. asked like why am i only getting $200,000 and SBF was like <laughs> oh don't worry i'll take care of it and he emailed like the CFO let's give him more money um and he got <laughs> like a million a dollars a year that's Great. awesome um it's just like it's just crazy it's like uh, Senator Menendez from New Jersey. He uh, struck a deal to push something that would be beneficial to, I think, the Erdogan regime in Turkey, and then I thought uh, it was Egypt. Uh, was it Egypt? I thought it. I thought it was super right, pro Egypt. pro Egypt. You're right. I'm sorry, but yeah. the the funny part I will get right. Apparently, ran home and Googled how much a gold bar is worth, <laughs> <laughs> which is just terrific. That's awesome. Just be like you just blanket like just bumbling. Uh, Mr. Magoo, uh, you know, goes to the fraud house or something, right? Or Mr. Bean, yeah, commits fraud. Yeah, but I cleared Surfing. my browser history. <laughs> right. Oh man, I thought I did that in an incognito tab. Did I oh, not? Oh, sweet uh, mercy! It's the working in criminal defense. It's I guess these are just people that get caught. But the yeah. number of like, there's just people like who can leave evidence of the crimes that they are committing everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, because they just like assume they're not going to get caught until they, you know. They feel heat, and then it's like, oh my god, there's a million pieces of evidence showing that. I, <laughs> how am I going to clean right. this up? Yeah. <laughs> I told, <clears throat> I told all these people about how I'm committing a crime. Oh no! Right. The story I always <laughs> tell for that that was a great. I, I don't remember the documentary, but it was a fantastic. They didn't highlight this part, but I thought it was great. Other than the murder that I'm about to explain, um, this guy killed his yeah, wife. Not so And great. he he uh, was like leading the search for the body or whatever, you know, doing the thing they always do where they inject themselves into the situation. And it's pretty clear that there's something going on. He kind of got word that like the police might be sort of looking at the apartment and he decided he was going to need a new mattress for reasons of the crime being committed on the bed. Hmm. So he took the mattress out and he dragged it downstairs and he was going to throw it out in the dumpster for his apartment complex. <laughs> but like six feet to the left of it was the dumpster for the neighboring apartment complex. So he threw it in there because the idea was like that way. Hey, has nothing to do with me. Uh, like nobody's going to. And he like told people that later when he finally confessed, like, yeah, well, I thought, you know, if you put it over there, it wouldn't be connected back to me. <laughs> and that's just the story. I <laughs> That was a fantastic call. I'm so sorry. Holy was that a crap. bad sound? That was, the, that was the closest we're ever going to get to a spit take on this that podcast, I think. You. That just sounded like you getting taken out by a sniper. Like that was, that was, oh, my God. Wow. Sorry. I, I'm, com- I'm coming off a cold. and I'm just like coughing up that a That was here. worth it. If we, even if we could edit coughs out, I would not edit that one out. Okay. Yeah. That uh, was great. Sorry for anybody whose speakers got blown by that. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So SBF is an idiot, too. 
Um, I, I, I feel bad because this other one was mostly a Jake thing, and I don't want to make him talk too much. But apparently, Patreon is like overhauling its whole platform and trying yeah. to make it like a whole a whole platform, right? I watched I watched that video, Jake, and you talked about it being big business brain, like a, the title of our last episode. And right, I, I, I don't, I don't see. I mean, he was very excited about something yeah. that doesn't really sound like that radical a departure from what Patreon is already doing. Right. Uh, yeah. And so, like, it just sounded like a CEO getting hyped about basically a non-event. Yeah, so you're gonna They're have to chats and a timeline. That's all chat, I heard. Well, yeah. chats, a timeline. Yeah. So and it's like also, creators. Creators right. are under attack. Uh, you know, the internet. The internet <laughs> is making it, it so that so that you know creators can't interact with their audience anymore. Yeah, uh, and uh, you know, there's no good way to put your creativity out there. Uh, we say as, you know, we have Patreon and we have Memberful and we have podcasts where literally anybody see also this podcast right. can get out there and, and publish something. Uh, and you have all sorts of other more uh, uh, PG-13 and R-rated and NC-17 rated for uh, creators. So like mm. there doesn't really seem to be like an assault on A creators. Dearth. Yeah. Uh, like we're we're doing all right, but apparently he's really hyped about this. Tell me, Jake, what's the problem? Like, why is this guy <laughs> freaking out? Honestly, at- that that's the thing. I'm not sure it's a problem yet, but it's a bad sign that this guy is yeah. like the announcement is Patreon is so much more than than memberships. And you know that if you're not familiar with Patreon, it's you it's memberships. Pay, um, yeah, it's memberships, <laughs> right. which is right. you pay five dollars, you get you know maybe a exclusive podcast feed, exclusive videos, access to uh, a Discord or some something else like that. That's they streamline all, all of that too. Like you, like they they also so like if they give you access to a podcast, they allow the podcast creator to like upload the MP3s directly there, and that then yeah. generates the RSS feed, which goes into iTunes listing and everything. And so like that's why often you'll see there's like a regular uh, feed for a, a podcast and then the Patreon feed, which right. is separate mm-hmm. and usually, you know, might have extra features or whatever. They make that very easy to do. Yeah. But other than that, I mean, I, I do, I agree with Jason, their, their memberships. I don't right. know what exactly they're really like the seems this, I understand your comment. That it's big business brain um, or business brain, whatever we said. I don't really understand what he's saying is going to be revamped really is part of the problem. Well, it's like, I don't get it. So the the redesign of the app is a little weird because now it's no longer there's no longer the option for a chronological timeline. Okay. Um, so, but it's not algorithm algorithmic either. It's instead grouped by creator, and so you have to scroll through your creators to get to more recent stuff from other creators. Some that people seems hate worse. that. Yeah, that seems worse in every possible way. It's, it's like it's, uh, it's it's going to foster a whole bunch of people titling their things triple uh, a podcast yeah yeah it's going to be the, <laughs> the go. yellow pages problem all over again yeah the yeah, home, I, the uh, car uh, membership company triple a will have the most popular podcast in, in on patreon for the next long time yeah, it'll be that, aa alcoholics anonymous and then the yeah. automotive group that's just like an annoyance though uh, but the, what he's saying, it sounds like what he's saying is he wants Patreon to be everything for these communities. It's going to be Substack. It's going to be Slack. It's going to be, you know, Reddit. It's going to be everything. But and isn't it Substack already? Like, don't you already put posts on there that are like that? Like long yeah, form? Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I get the, the Discord thing is different, though. The Slack and Discord. Mm-hmm. Like, if he's looking to, like, move chat to there, I think that is a good point, right? Like, yeah. Right now, and I the think way you... they might have merchandise 
stores um, maybe which i think the thing is i think that that would maybe would be good if they do sure. it well yeah but i'm also thinking does this mean <laughs> here's the question i'm not saying that this announcement was bad at all i'm saying that it's a signifier that he might be like growth brained which is gotcha we've got a good business here why don't we have more of it? Why don't we grab more of the mind share? Why don't we get more people spending more time on our app? Right. You know, and then it's going to And By the way, behind the scenes, something y'all might not know is that Patreon creators have been getting less access to information as time have gone, has gone on. So it's getting worse for creators already in terms of what Patreon gives them. Right. And so are they going to start in shitifying after once they've got everybody in and they already yes. are at that that point like they are now it seems like they're going growth mode this is like the embryo of right. growth mode that is eventually going to be like they're going to hit us with higher and higher fees and for stuff that nobody asked for because they right. want to be everything to everyone mm. and that's that's where the big business brain where i'm like i'm worried about the direction that this app is going cuz it's because it was perfectly good as it was. Right. Um, soon he's soon he's going to be posting videos on YouTube Shorts or w- wherever this was hosted. Uh, that's going to be like announcing all of his super sweet venture capital investments and like, oh yeah, look, we had this great round of fundraising and uh, uh, look, yeah. we're going out and acquiring Etsy. Uh, I have no idea the relative sizes of these companies, but whatever. Uh, I bet they would they would go after Discord. That's the one that's interesting to me. I mean. Because to 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 Jake's point about like the they're looking to grow, I bet they have data on how many Discord users they're um, like redirecting or whatever you want to say. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like how many like new Discord users they're creating through their memberships? And then somebody looked at that and said like, so wait a minute, if we were just running that, we would have all of that, and we could serve yeah. them ads or we could make them buy whatever Discord buy premium boosts. is. Boost. There you go. Yeah, things I don't understand. I don't buy know what Nitro that's for. Patreon Nitro. Oh right. mercy. I'm sure he has data on all of that. Every every other service that things are being pushed to through Patreon, yeah. I'm sure they have that information and they're thinking that's the next step. Yeah. The, I don't think thing- you make this announcement unless you're like trying to raise money. And yeah. trying to raise money is concerning. Yeah. In the and with uh, the way that the tech field has been going, uh outside investment has translated to bad service. Hmm. So yeah. The uh, the biggest problem I had with this video, and maybe we can put the video in the show notes, or maybe you can just find it because it's not hard to find. Uh, but the biggest problem I had with the video is it gave off a really weird like January 2004 Howard Dean uh, yeah. vibe where it was mm. like, we're going to go to South Carolina. We're going to go to <laughs> Iowa. And we're right. going to go to New Hampshire. And yeah, <laughs> that's on. That's kind of. That's attacking Howard. Howard Dean had like genuine energy, <laughs> like weirdly over the top energy. Yeah. But I, genuinely, I, genuine energy. This felt yeah. more forced energy. Oh, okay. You know, mm. that was my feeling about the video. Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, I think, if you I, ever I watch, weird. if you ever want to watch a video that's all that energy, just watch any, any Marvel Snap video with Ben Brode, their game director. This is very specific, but he is, that is his whole brand. (laughs) Um, And uh, when I put on a, I, he used to be the director of Hearthstone. And, uh, and when I would put on like one of his update videos, my wife would be like, turn that off immediately. That (laughs) is, I cannot handle this guy's energy. That's great. Anyway. Uh, uh, 
I I also have an update on Unity since that's uh yeah if we're moving moving on let's move along yeah um, move Unity move back on, backtracked on all the stuff we talked about last time kind of coward cowards um the biggest the biggest backtrack being that it's not going to be retroactive you can avoid all the changes by not updating which is kind of the whole <laughs> the whole thing that made everybody so mad which is, was saying they you couldn't get out of it and we are pulling the rug from under you by not updating um, to a new license agreement, right? Is right. That, okay. Not updating to a new version of the agreement or a okay, new version gotcha. of the software. Um, so you can't update to a new version of the software, but they keep supporting uh, old versions of the software. Okay, gotcha. So they can still update the um, game, but they wouldn't like whatever game right. was made under with that engine, you could update, but you can't update. Yeah, you can't update the engine itself. Gotcha. Okay. Um, and the amount uh, that would be charged for this, they're really wedded to this install fee. Doesn't make any sense. Is capped at two point five percent of the game's revenue, so, um, so that's less than what Unreal charges as a maximum. So have have okay. they managed to successfully shift the Overton window on this whole thing? We're like, we're going to reach as far and be as terrible as we can be, so that it seems totally reasonable when we come back and say, mm-hmm. well, we're not going to do these two super horrible things. We're just going to do the rest of the things. And look mm-hmm. how look how magnanimous we've decided to be after we were we listened to be you. terrible. You've spoken no. and we've heard you. I, I feel very strongly that this was just a pure screw up because they, you talk to like people in the indie dev scene, they're still like, next time we can't trust them because they have said they're, you know, they've made it clear. They feel like they can pull the rug out from under us. Yeah. If they well, want to. Good. To the uh, point of why they just they're... announced 2.5 out, out the window, I don't think that would have caused nearly the same backlash. Right. So to the point of why they're doing this, I, I just found an article. Um, Unity booked apparently a net loss of $193 million on $533 million of revenue in the second quarter of 2023. So they are like bleeding money. Yeah. So I mean, that's what it is, right? It was desperation. It was like, what, give me um, chat GPT. Give me a plan of what I need to charge all the people that are using our, our engine yeah. that will get us profitable before we run out of money. And yeah. then that's what this was, right? It's just desperate. It's what we talked about, I think. I think it's uh, all these companies. It's the VCs, uh, VC uh, chickens coming home to roost. I think Jason said it last week I, or two weeks ago. Yeah. I think it's what it is. They're just like, all these companies are, are have been were running when money was cheap. Money's not that cheap anymore, and now they are cutting, bleeding through their their uh, venture capital funds and running at an, at an operating loss every year. And are just desperate, and that's why Reddit is doing what it's doing. That's why Twitter did what it's you know is, is doing what it's doing now. Um, in addition to Elon Musk and Unity, I think we're going to see this is going to be like an ongoing thing. Where same thing with yeah. Patreon, right? I'm sure Patreon is losing money somehow, somehow, despite being like yeah. basically a website <laughs> that just has memberships and takes a cut off the top. They are somehow losing money and going. Yeah, it's oh, we it's kind of baffling how some of these like places are losing so much money. It's like, what are you doing with all the money that you're spending? Because it's, it's kind of it's all going to AWS. Yeah. Well, I mean. Yeah. True. That's not that doesn't explain like the hundreds of employees that some of these companies have, and then you'll have like a social media company that has like like twelve employees that is running a perfectly good software. Like their software is perfectly good. Right. Is it all like it's not all mod- moderation? Clearly, it's not all <laughs> like yeah. trust and safety. It, right. And server costs don't cost that much. So, I mean, it's, it certainly costs a lot, but it's not that much. So, like, man, where's all this going? And when it, in the case of Unity, it's 
they acquired a ton of companies. Mm. Uh, So, and they have like a bunch of business dev people who are like, you know, how are we packaging all this and all that? Uh, And I don't know this to be true, but I I bet they acquired those companies the same way Elon Musk acquired Twitter by leveraging shares of the company to purchase it. So they are now they got to pay the debt and all that. Yeah, they got to pay debt, and uh, there's you know I'm sure there's acceleration agreements when certain stocks prices go down, right? A lot of times you got to like basically uh, uh, you know renegotiate your deal when the stock the underlying collateral of the stock price goes down or whatever. I'm sure they've hit that with like the you know stock market taking a dip and tech stocks taking a dip over the last you know whatever couple of years um i i just found uh, a thing i did not see this beforehand but as of 2019 the patreon ceo was saying the company's generous business model is not sustainable unless it sees rapid growth uh they need to build new businesses <laughs> and new services and new revenue lines in order to even have a sustainable business said patreon ceo jack conti that so, was in 2019 2019 yeah okay they, they've increased prices significantly since then yeah so but i'm sure somehow still yeah, not profitable, losing yeah. money, more need to do all these things. Turn it to eleven. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right, so we did our follow up. I don't have any recommendations other than watch baseball why while you can. Like, yeah. I think you should watch J- uh, Jason's uh, Atlanta Braves, and I think they're going to go all the way. Let me tell you, a lot of there's there are some special things about these Atlanta Braves this year. They have had pitching injury troubles this year, and for them to have turned around, and I think they won 103 games this year. Pretty solid, not setting any records there. They tied Major League Baseball's all-time record for team home runs in a season by hitting 307 home runs in a season. They had, I think, five different players with at least 30 home runs. uh, And I think they had three players with 40 home runs. And Austin Riley was only just barely short of being the fourth player with 40 home runs. They had Ronald Acuna Jr., who had... Uh, the fifth ever 40-40 season uh, in the existence of baseball where he hit 40 home runs and had 40 stolen bases, but he actually had slightly more than 40 home runs and 70-something stolen bases. I think it was 73 by the end of the season uh, and 100 RBIs. Like Nobody has ever had a season like Ronald Acuna Jr. Spencer Strider set the season single-season strikeout record for the Atlanta Braves. Uh, Matt Olson would certainly have been the MVP of the league in any other year, absolutely, except for Ronald Acuna Jr. and Mookie Betts for the Dodgers. God help him, uh, going off this year and just being both incredible. Uh, and so, like, you have three guys who, in any other year, would have been like head and shoulders above everybody else. Matt Olson led the league right. in home runs and RBIs, and RBIs was not close. He had like 30 more RBIs than the next guy. So, yeah, watch the Braves. Great recommendation. That's my recommendation, too. <laughs> and Ronald Acuna, uh, what you said he did, what is it, 40 uh, 40 season, right? F- only five times it's been done? Yeah, it was uh, Jose Canseco, Barry Bonds, Alfonso Soriano, and uh, A Rod were the only other cheater. people. Yeah. Cheater. Cheater. <laughs> and, and not a cheater, right? Soriano, not a cheater, right? No, Soriano, uh, yeah. PEDs. Sorry, I'm, oh. I'm counting. Only oh, Acuna is not a cheater in that list. Okay, I thought you were. Oh. You were it sounded like you were saying A-Rod wasn't a cheater. And I was like, what? No, no, no. no. He was <laughs> a good man. No. A no, he was a cheater. <laughs> yeah. um, so only five have done, like, like, let's put that in context really quickly. So there's been way more perfect games. Right. There's been way more, um, uh, I don't know about way more. There's, yeah, there's been more 60 home run plus seasons for sure. Because sure. if you yep. just got, you got Ruth, uh, you got uh, um, Maris, then you have Sosa, McGuire, and Bonds. Bonds. Right? So there's been more than, than, than five seasons. Absolutely. 
what we choose to put emphasis on is strange because like that is more of a rare achievement than many of the other things that would be much more celebrated. And I don't hear about Ronald Acuna Jr. I hear about him a lot, but like not nearly yeah. as much as I think he should be sort of highlighted. Coming back, by the way, from breaking uh, femur. Was that last year? Or is he a no, year? he was back last year. Uh, okay. He was out most of the year before because that was the year the Braves won the World Series and he right, didn't right, get right. to play in it. Yes. Uh, and so when this he was is a like coming back around. No, 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 no. He was, he was past his... I think he was a rookie in 2018. Oh, was he really? Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, one of the other really interesting things, nerding out about baseball, relax, guys, only one more month uh, to hear it until next year. Uh, but uh, Ronald Acuna also was the leadoff hitter for the Braves, and it's unheard of for your leadoff yeah. hitter to hit 40 home runs. But it's he also him. led the league. I'm pretty sure about this. I think he led <laughs> the league in runs scored. It uh, led the league in hits. Wow. And so, like, just an incredible season all around like there's I, I it it ranks as in my opinion one of the best single seasons for any baseball player ever totally amazing fun to watch i agree watch it in the playoffs yeah, uh, uh, especially yeah he has speed he has power he has he's hit for a, a decent average i mean what was he uh not decent high 337 great over average. 300 amazing yeah. average yeah yeah very oh, impressive. And also the Braves are this year's Braves are the first team to ever have a slugging percentage over 500, which means that and in, in, in an at bat, they average getting half of one base per at bat. Like, holy crap. That's it's crazy. It's it's something else. Watch them. Great team. Yep. How's Oakland doing? Did they uh they, oh, the they didn't I don't think they broke the record for losses, so that's they cool. They had to be shot. Jake, tell us um, about uh tell us about Phantom Liberty. Yeah, tell us about oh, yeah. something, oh, something yeah, that's that wins. What, well, yeah, I was good. <laughs> uh, Cyberpunk has a new expansion, also a 2.0 update, which re- revamped everything. Uh, this is a video game again. It's video game corner. Um, <laughs> but their new expansion, Phantom Liberty, is so good. Uh, the game is just so good now. The story is awesome. It's like, a you know, the trailer will tell you, you, you're, you rescue the president to like start it. But uh, it's like a spy thriller um and man it hits hard like the ending of it is so like uh it is thrilling and emotionally devastating in a good way um it's really good i'm gonna i am there's never been a better time to be a gamer uh there are so many (laughs) games out yeah uh and i can't i'm taking a break because i'm like man i i need to take a a break because I'm just jumping from excellent game to excellent game. You should I'm go for like, a walk. I, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm gonna get into knitting or something. I don't know. <laughs> um, and preparation you, for Alan Wake two. Start which knitting is coming out later this month. Start knitting while you watch playoff baseball. Yeah. Oh. Seems like nice a music. Spot. <laughs> yeah, right. I keep, I forget we have music and, and then we it's do. Like, oh yeah. Only for the outro. All right, watch baseball and play Cyberpunk 2077 Phantom Liberty. <laughs>